This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. Called a monorail because it's got one, it rides on one rail. Oh, really? Hmm. That's interesting. The mono is another word for one. <sighs> weird that he's asked us here at midnight. Really weird. I'm f- mm. furious we can't go on any of the rides. Yeah. Oh, do you want to go to a theme park? Yes. When it's closed? What? No. Yeah, obviously not. And yet. Stuart Laws has asked us to meet him at mm-hmm. uh, written it down car park E. Okay. The the most fun place to be in a theme park, car park E. Yeah. Where it's pumping. Have you had any nightmares this week, Kath? Uh, yeah, yeah. I had one where I um I checked my bank account uh, and I had nine pounds to my name and I had a council tax bill to pay. It was awful. <laughs> Couldn't pay it. That's. That's scarier than like a monster. I know. That's why I've I've put it in the nightmare category. How about you? It's all a, it's mine's all genuinely a little too real at the moment. So ask me next week. Let you process it a bit more. I, can't, I, I genuinely can't face it today. Too too close to your heart at the moment. Yeah. Well, it's ongoing. Ah. To the to the point where this is getting in the way. So I hope Stuart keeps it brief. Yeah. Hope it keeps it snappy. Should we, uh, should we hop off here? Car park key? Yeah, this is car park key. Yep. This is. Is that, is that a car? E- yeah, that sounds like a Citroen C4 cactus. I'm struggling with the clutch, though. Here he is, as I live and breathe, Stuart Laws. <laughs> Welcome to Spooktown, Stuart. Hi, Stuart. <laughs> Hello. Hello. Sorry, that was me being spooky. It was very spooky. I'm very spooked. Thank you. Thanks for inviting us to... What's it called there on the sign? The Valley of Timber. The Valley of Timber. A theme park. Timber. 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 Valley of Timber. Yeah. Have you not heard the word timber before? I've never heard it in the context of a theme park before, and I think that threw me. I think Kath's thinking of Tarnborough. Ah, musical theatre, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) All of that training. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The stage and that. So thank you for getting us here to the Valley of Timber or Tarnborough, depending on how you pronounce it. Can I ask you a few questions? Yeah. Thanks, man. Would the podcast end if I said no? Uh, pretty much, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's like a choose your own adventure. Oh, wow. <laughs> how many ghosts have you seen? And what was the scariest ghost that you saw? <laughs> how many ghosts have I seen? Oh, is this yeah. a, a per annum? Do you give a per annum rate? If you've seen so many that that's how you... Oh, no, there's no, ...sort of dissect them. I've seen seven ghosts. Have you really? No, I haven't seen any ghosts. Oh, 
I'm trying to get into the spirit of things. Lovely catchphrase. <laughs> You've not seen any ghosts? No, but I've also said seven, so which one do you want to go with? <laughs> I think you've seen seven ghosts. I believe you when you say seven ghosts yeah. per year, per annum. What was, the, what was the spookiest ghost that you saw? Or, you know, sort of spooky, like, was that a ghost? Ah, okay. Or was it the waiter? Was that a ghost? I remember saying that once. <laughs> There's going to be some edit points around here. No, this is live. <laughs> I mean, fundamentally, I don't believe in ghosts. <laughs> and I think that if you think you've seen a ghost, it is some sort of emotional trauma playing itself out. But that's not in the spirit <laughs> of Spooktown. <laughs> I think it can be. If that's your belief, you say your belief, man. Mm. Oh, right. I don't believe in ghosts. I don't think they exist. I think it's uh, your brain just going oh there's some shit going on and you're you're either really scared and so you're sort of manifesting things or there's some sort of trauma going on deep inside you that you'll keep replaying and it's sort of you're externalizing it in some way i'd argue that's more frightening than ghosts (laughs) yeah terrifying (laughs) so you think that if you've had a traumatic experience you're more likely to see a ghost yeah well it's like an attempt to rationalize things isn't it that's your brain trying to be like okay well maybe this is a ghost and it's not this horrendous thing that I need to confront or yeah also that humans are very good at uh, it's called pareidolia where you see faces in things that aren't actually there so like the face on on the moon is it on the moon or on? Uh, yeah like if you're looking at a bin or yeah. something yeah. you see a face in the screws yeah if you see a face in the screws <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, that's from Kath who's currently in prison <laughs> <laughs> She she's dehumanised the screws. <laughs> Great. So you don't believe in ghosts, but you have seen a ghost here in the Valley of the Timber. Well, I've seen the ghost of something. Oh. Whoa. What does that mean? Well, that's I'm like whoa because I don't know what it means. No. Yeah. I know. I don't know. I don't know what I mean by it either. But it's sort of quite spooky, isn't it, to say that? It's really spooky. Yeah. It's genuinely I really think it spooky. Chills, actually. The ghost of. Dot, 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 something. <laughs> Here's something I have been scared of. It's the smell of other people's fridges. Really? Why is that? What, like, what? Because they have... I feel like everyone's fridge has got a very specific, unique vibe, and you get used to yours. Is that not just the, the food? Yeah, it's like how they... So some people, you know, you've probably seen it at a tub of margarine, and on top is, like, a third of a tomato and half an onion. <laughs> You know, like, oh, you've put it on there because you don't want to put it on the actual shelf because you, you think that the top of the margarine's cleaner. Yeah. And then that's letting out its own smell. That's absolutely right. This is the perfect description of my fridge. It's This is the scariest thing that's happened on this podcast so far. Yeah, that vibe, you open it up and... Oh, when it's some, You get used to yours, so you become accustomed... I've become accustomed to its face become accustomed to its smell Mm -hmm. and then you open up someone else's and there's just it might be very similar to yours but I don't know there's like uh, some root ginger if you're around a posh person's house just Mm. I don't know if you keep that in the fridge just and that just changes the vibe and it hits your nostrils and you're like your nostrils like oh all of this is new Mm. (laughs) right do you think it's like um you know, with uh, with farts, you like you like your own brand, and you can tell when it's not yours. It's just the the other end of that chain. <laughs> so that's what like all of that stuff's there, and then it goes through your body. Sorry. 
What is a fart? All the stuff in your fridge. <laughs> oh, so, I'm so sorry. Um, that's another northern thing. Um, <laughs> a fart is where it's sort of the gas from the food from your fridge. Right. In your body. How does it get into your body? So you eat the stuff in your fridge, um, and then it goes down into your belly. Okay. And then about nine months later, the gas comes out of your... Uh... Kath, do you want to finish that? Oh. Yeah. Thank you, Kath. <laughs> Ed and Kath explain farts. <laughs> That's the podcast that we've done. Thank you so much, Stuart. <laughs> Quick question then. Halloween, mm. Day of the Dead, or Battle of the Boyne? Oh, B.O.B., baby. <laughs> Great. <laughs> B.O.B., baby! <laughs> I mean, we're all that excited about the battle. That's what I call it. Oh, no. Uh, the battle in our own hearts, but I've never heard somebody be so vocal about it, so thank you for saying what we're all thinking, actually, Stu. You got me on to be to be honest. I, I, I well, it was in the email. Can you be honest? Yeah, just that. <laughs> see what happens. At two Stuart Laws. Just be honest. Are you two like the mayor and the and the head councillor of Spooktown? What's the setup? <laughs> what's the what's the bureaucracy of the place? We just we just live here, mate. We just live here. We're just uh, we're just casual. What's what they called when you live somewhere? Citizens. Ah, what's a denizen? What's the difference between a citizen and a denizen? I've never heard that word before, so I don't know. Citizen and denizen. Oh, yeah, I've never heard denizen. I've, I've heard it, but I've just sort of skipped over it if I've read it in a book. Bragging. Might be a southern thing. Or an educated thing. I don't know. I don't know. Don't accuse me of being educated. <laughs> how dare you? <laughs> <laughs> I fucking... How dare you strip that from me? Let me just Google denizen. <laughs> denizen? A person, animal, or plant that lives or is found in a particular place. So I suppose we are denizens, more oh. citizens, yeah. Denizen. What's the difference? Does it say what the difference is with that and a citizen? I assume a citizen's just a person. I love to assume when I'm literally on Google. Well, can you hurry up? This is a podcast. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Do you have Google in Speed Town? Yeah. Okay. I'm just trying to understand this place. We just have Google, but we don't have the internet. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a guy. <laughs> Running around the library really quickly. <laughs> John, Johnny Google. Uh, citizen, a legally recognised subject or national of a state or commonwealth, either native or naturalised. Mm. And naturalised means they are not wearing clothes, is that right? Yes, yeah. Tangle out or flimp out. That's uh, penis and fanny. Yeah, whichever one is, is uh, appropriate to your body. Yeah. Uh, so we have denizens of Spooktown. Denizens, I like that. Yes, great, isn't it? I'll forget yeah, that. Thank you. Can't wait to forget that and then Google it again in a year. <laughs> Set the alert. When Stuart comes back on the pod. So, from one denizen to another, mm. we're at Valley of Timber, yes. theme park. It's, it's dark because it's 12. Mm. We've got your one Lumiere iPhone torch to show us around, so thank you for bringing that. You've got a story to tell us about this place, haven't you? Yeah, well, it happened today to me. Wow. On the Valley of Timber. And I don't know how far through I'll get through this story. Um, it's quite intense. Um, you sound quite shaken, Stuart. Yeah, I mean, 
speaking now at midnight it's a, it's a very different vibe um, I'm not entirely sure how I feel I feel relieved, I feel quite happy um, but as you'll find out from the story there are times when those emotions were not appropriate <laughs> even if I felt them Okay. I had to crush them back down and say not now scared fear Valley of Timber For the first time in five months, I went to a theme park. That's the that's the headline, and uh, obviously the world has changed. And I wanted to share with the world how different this previously normal experience now is. So, um, maximum capacity is now capped at 700 souls. So you've got to book in advance, or you take a risk that you'll be one of the 15 lucky pluckers who are picked at random from those who walk up on the day. A test for symptoms at the entrance, you know, temperature checks, discreetly monitoring a queue for persistent coppers, <coughs> and they do this thing where they give regular free samples of flavorful mm -hmm. food. Yeah. And then undercover employees casually start conversations about the taste and smell of that food to see whether or not you've lost sense of taste or smell. You advise to bring your own water, encourage to wear face coverings and queues, and there's hand sanitation stations everywhere. And to avoid anachronisms, none of that applies in the medieval area. The staff, they seem morose, they seem distant. Now, I wasn't looking for a friendship. I've got plenty of friends, I don't need to boast about that. What I was looking for was a good time. I wanted to feel relaxed, like, hey, all these people here to make it good. I tell you where, where they did step up, the mascots. The mascots are always an exciting part. There's like a mythology to every theme park. Here we had Moose Joe, Berbera, Ponguine, and Plucktown Padre. Now, they're not allowed to touch the public unless you pay a photograph fee. And that includes what I will say a rather harrowing to watch antiviral shower for the mascot. And that's nice. To, it's nice to see people being able to sort of touch and everything, but it is horrible to watch them go through the shower. <laughs> Opening hours were reduced, so at four o'clock there's like a last orders. There's a, a last ride, basically. Bell is rung, and then all souls are to evacuate within 30 minutes or have their memories wiped. And that's the cloud storage of their ride photos from the from the entire day. Um, I bought a fast pass, which gets you access to secret tunnels that take you from certain areas in the park to the front of the queue of the most popular rides, the Triple C Coaster, Beast Hunter, Wilderness Falls, Valley of the Drop, where snakes fear to slide, you know, all the big ones. The rides, they range from sort of 25 to 50% capacity, depending on the seating arrangements, apart from the teacups, which now has a compulsory 200% of previous capacity and was rebranded as the scariest ride on the continent. And that is horrible, actually. I haven't been that close to people for a while. I walked past the Lucky Pluckers group, that was fun. The 15 souls who were randomly given entry from the two to 300 walk-ups. They were posing for their Plucking Lucky promo photo at Plucktown Wings, and they all appeared to be male, Caucasian, tall, and in their 20s or 30s. It's unusual to see that many people together outside of sort of a comedy show, that, that sort of person. So the word pandemic is discouraged, and I appreciate that. Uh, you aren't told this though on the website or any printed literature. I found out when Moose Joe broke character to chastise me because this is paradise, unaffected by the world outside. He muttered into my ear just before, screaming through an antiviral shower. Uh, the toilets now have ride photos. That's an update. Um, I saw Plucktown Padre baptising some kids in the boating lake. In the medieval area, there's a new ride called the Pig Drop, but I couldn't find the start of the queue anywhere. But you could see the riders squealing as they dropped three stories and threw a hole in the floor. 
which is there's an amazing restaurant next to it too, which sold Coca-Cola Classique, which I don't know if you know is, is this entirely, I don't know where else you can buy it. I've not found it, I found it in one cinema and it's it's got sort of like a cinnamon-y after, cinnamon aftertaste. Anyway, what I will say about that is it goes very well with hog roast. So there was a tannoy announcement that informed that the main lockers near the entrance had all randomly sprung open and if you'd stored anything there to make a swift return to claim it. But for me, I was more interested in the ye olde experience zone. So that is this exciting new ride they had. It's done up like an Argos, which is populated with like very realistic animatronic staff. So you're allowed in at like one group at a time and you're encouraged to live like it's 2019 or even earlier. So I took the opportunity to do something I very much miss is sneezing in a queue. Uh, that was a lot of fun to do. And then if you leave the Argos, it's sort of auto-sprayed down from the ride photo area. You can watch what ye oldie things the next riders do. One group went in, had a 10-minute argument with the animatronic manager about reintroducing tariffs on the import and export of corn. That was quite fun to watch. The animatronics were very good. That's what I will say. I didn't spot many repeated phrases. When I sneezed, one said, bless you. Bless you. That was nice. And the Corn Laws argument was swiftly dealt with, with an unexpected wealth of 19th century import knowledge. One caveat, uh, there was a particularly religious couple that went into the Yoli ride to just be homophobic. And the animatronic manager swiftly replied, it was a temporary act for protectionism during the Napoleonic Wars and served to enrich landowners. And that actually did shut, shut the homophobes up. Uh, they, the park actually, you can actually see this. I, I, I having a little look on my phone afterwards. They released a viral video entitled "Animatronic Puppet Owns Homophobic Visitors with Incredible Argument About Corn Export Laws." It was amazing to see. Anyway, I sort of kept sort of. I go on a few rides. I went on the Triple C coaster. I went on the single rider queue, and the other person that was there guessed my name. That was weird. Um, and then he bought my ride photo. I don't, I don't understand. I kept seeing him do that. He'd go buy ride photos, but of other people. I don't think he went on, like, a, a single ride, ride, but he'd just sort of hang out by the kiosks. And then when someone ordered their ride photo, he'd lean in and say, I'll take one of those too, please. I saw the Lucky Pluckers again at the Wilderness Falls. A very fun bunch. They all it got deliberately drenched. It didn't look, there was about seven or eight of them now, but um, one tried to escape the splash, bumped into me, and it was weird. It almost felt, like, deliberate. And then there was like a low hum of the log flume and I couldn't really hear what they said. And Anyway, I went and played nine holes on the crazy golf course. That was good. Um, was assigned a caddy. That felt too much. After each crazy golf hole, I'd record my score and the caddy would say I'd written it down wrong and said I'd forgotten an extra shot I took whilst also telling me I needed them and that I'm starting to act hysterical and that I needed to calm down. And that rang some alarm bells. Pretty sure I played 12 holes too, but I'm really doubting myself now. The caddy gave me their phone number for track and trace, and as I walked away, I got a text from them saying, Sup? I didn't like it. Anyway, the park felt quieter, so I went on the um, Ramesses Alimony wooden roller coaster in the Valley of the Drop in quick succession. And it was here that it started to feel weird. The sun was low in the sky. I was about to escape the surrounding hills, and I suddenly felt like I was missing something. I lifted my wrist to look at the time, but it was gone. What? replaced with a plastic band with a locker number and key attached. I don't know when that happened. I got my phone out and the battery died just after I could see that the caddy had sent me 12 more messages. Before it died, I'm pretty sure my phone said the time was 16.27, which is military time for 4.27pm. 
I was looking at the clock tower and it said it was just before four o'clock, yet no one was around. Then I heard some braying from Er Yonder and I investigated. Er Yonder, the gift shop, was closed and now I knew something was awry. As the sun journeyed to another land, I remembered something that made me feel as amiss as seeing the word awry written down. The alarm bells that rang when the caddy made me feel like I was going crazy. They were real. The caddy had told me I imagined them, but they were my half-hour warning, and I'd missed it. The nostalgia of sunlight kept the park in a twilight of visibility. Not dark, but my eyes didn't like it. Colour drained from the image. Shadows amorphous and growing. I was at the far end of the park and had a clear view across the valley of the entrance. Tail lights drifting away as 699 souls flicked through ride photos, finished eating fast food and allowed anti-back gel into their palms to do what it does. I'm sure I can just get back to the entrance and they'll let me out the side door, I thought, as I descended into a fast-pass tunnel. The moving walkway had stopped, but I'm proud of 16 things in my life. My walking pace and my ability to overpromise. I was up to full walking speed, serene in the upper body, legs paddling hard, and I thought to myself, that's good walking, babe. I was right. It was good walking, but you have to take me at my word. A gasp interrupted <gasps> my self-admiration from a figure up ahead. Just stood there, staring at me, waiting for me. I called out a friendly greeting. It started to move towards me. Beak first. I turned round. There was another figure moving towards me, snout first. Can they see me? Now I know it was just Ponguine, the French penguin lost in the woods, and Bearboro, the motherly bear, but I didn't expect them, and it scared me. I took the escape route out to the front of the Wilderness Falls queue and waited to talk to them above ground. Felt safer for some reason. With mascots, you never know who's under the costume. It could be Tom Hanks, but it could also be a person so horrible but also so litigious that I couldn't even name them, or even Richard Branson. The mascots didn't emerge, and I tentatively made my way to the diner, helped myself to a Coca-Cola classique, obvs, and then heard a scream. It was a lucky plucker, alone on the log flume. I ran to the splash zone and all I heard him yell was, Run. <laughs> Run where, I thought. Was he talking to me? I turned round to get my drink and came face to face with Plucktown Padre, the chicken wearing a clerical collar and a blue gilet. Hola. Oh, great. Sorry, I lost track of time and didn't hear the warning bell. What's the best way out now? Plucktown Padre cocked their head to one side, sizing me up. Didn't hear or just ignored the bell, a disembodied voice said, in an accent I couldn't place. It wasn't the Padre, though. I looked round the diner for his source, and there it was, by the sources. The caddy. Shit. I woke in a damp room. It must have been under Wilderness Falls. A strong light restricted my vision and a broad-shouldered silhouette spoke to me in a deep, difficult-to-discern voice that wouldn't have been out of place in the first trailer of a Christopher Nolan film. Why are you still here? Um, I think I'm tied to the chair. The park. The park in general. Oh, uh, I lost track of time. What is this? What's going on? There was a blogger once. I don't want people here after dark. For safety... Cool. Well, I'll go then. Not so fast. There was a palpable pause as we both considered the fact that I wasn't moving fast. How do you order Coca-Cola Classique out of interest? I probably wasn't taking it serious enough, but I also had to know. 
The silhouette disappeared through a door, leaving me alone. What did the man on the log flume say to you? The voice was not in the room. It felt like it was from behind me. It just told me to run, which makes sense now. I should have run. 684 souls depart. Those that remain shall restart. <laughs> cool, man. That rhymed. The door groaned open. Run. I was free to go. They'd charged my phone, deleted any park photos I'd taken, and apologized for the caddy. I tried to make a joke out of it. I guess they put the cad into caddy. <laughs> they just pointed at a no wordplay sign, and I thought, fair enough if you've committed to a sign. Then they asked if I could just accompany them to a medical room to do a quick disease check to make sure their employees are safe from me. I was about to agree when I heard that voice again. Run. I didn't need to be told twice, despite this being the third time. I bolted past the silhouette and into the corridor, a blinding light at one end, a grimy stairwell the other. I went grimy, but was stopped in my tracks by an unearthly moan from the ah. other side of a door. I pushed it open, and one of the lucky pluckers was strapped to a chair. The silhouette burst into the corridor before I could take in what I was seeing. The gleaming machine, the white-coated staff, the low hum. Stop! I could see the silhouette clearly now, a vertiginous man in thick plaid shirt and hidden behind a twenty-year beard. I ran, climbed the stairs and emerged into an empty park, trying to get my bearings but the sun was long gone. I hid in the bushes as my pursuer emerged from underground and stormed off looking for me. Then I saw something shuffling about. Berbera. I started following. What was previously a family paradise of rides, food and entertainment was now a dimly lit horror. What I could see was illuminated by gas-powered streetlights, struggling to shine a light on what was unseen all along. Berbera was heading for the entrance, and I discreetly followed. I could see it, the main entrance gates, locked but not insurmountable. I reached into my back pocket for my car key. Gone? I'd gotten overexcited about Frieden, and hadn't noticed a ride must have shorn me of access to my escape. What time was it now? How long had I been here? I went to look at my watch and was confronted with its absence. As I contemplated the locker key now adorning my wrist, Berbera turned and stared right at me. You must escape. You must take your soul with you. Bang! Berbera crashed to the floor and I joined her, just that my heart was still beating and setting a new personal best. I scrabbled to cover, through a door, and rolled into the entrance foyer. Foyer? Foyer. Amusement arcade chiming, food kiosk, bath, bathed in moonlight, a row of lockers waiting for me. I opened locker 685, no car key, but my watch, a bottle of Coca-Cola Coca Classique, a glass vial, all on top of a tattered park map. I was about to pick them up when I noticed something about where the objects were placed. Beside the wilderness falls splash zone, my watch, the glass vial on top of the actual ride, by the pig drop. CCC, baby. Scribbled on the crazy golf course, a symbol. But what was it? What did it mean? In trying to figure it out, I hadn't noticed the arcade had fallen silent. I grabbed everything and slipped behind a moose joe in the gang promotional cutout. I could hear footsteps and a soft clicking echo around the entrance. I started wondering how they pronounce foyer here. Yeah, foyer. Foyer, foyer. It's up to the execs. I stood up to peek around the cutout and both my knees cracked, betraying my 36 years of aging in a cacophony of attention. The foyer then fell silent. I noticed the characters in the cutout all had holes where their eyes should be. I picked Moose Joe to gaze through. Plucktown Padre was frozen by the penny falls, scanning for the compromised knees. I thought, I've watched marathons. I could outrun a mascot. They very rarely finish in the top ten. 
Then I remembered that neither have I. And so I would need a new plan. Glass smashed, brown liquid splashed all over the ice cream dispenser and dripped to the kiosk floor. Direct hit. I didn't like wasting Coca-Cola Classique, but it worked. The Padre immediately headed in that direction, and I could see they were flanked by the two lucky pluckers. I made my escape. Knew I had to stay away from the gas lighting on the main pathways and not go back underground. I stuck to going through the buildings and cross queue zones, headed straight through the Yeoldia experience, but all the animatronics were missing. It suddenly clicked. Not my knees, but why the objects were placed where they were in the locker. I had CCC by the pick drop. By the splash, though, and that lucky plump plucker bumped into me for no reason. That's where my watch was taken. It must have been. And the vile? The vile truth is that it must have been from that machine. But what did it do, and where was my car key? The symbol, that's what it is, from the crazy gulf. The caddy, they kept touching me to correct my stance. They stole my escape, and credit where due, improved my short game. I climbed the fence and into the golf course. It was busy. Very busy. I don't know how to make this clearer. The crazy golf course was very popular after dark, which made it more difficult to understand because visibility was lower than representation on the crew of a TV show. As I watched, I realized vision didn't matter. No one was adhering to rules, hitting balls randomly with no order to who played when, and crucially, no one was keeping score. 25 aimless souls. To blend in, I picked up a putter and started scanning for my car key. I wasn't noticed. I nailed a hole in one on the seventh, my improved stance paying off handsomely. I paused at the eighth, letting someone play through, but they looked back at me. Well, through me. But I recognized them. It was the manager of the Argos in the ye olde experience. I spun round to look at the rest of the golfers. It was all the animatronics. But now, autonomous. How? Suddenly something else struck me. They were all Caucasian male and my age or younger. I went through the day. Every cashier, every animatronic, every ride tech was the same demographic, unified by the same distant soulless stare. Why didn't I notice before? Because I looked like them? I accepted them as normal? I wanted to take a photo, but pulled out the vial by mistake. That got attention. Forty-nine eyes narrowed in on me, vial in hand, puttered the other. They began to shuffle towards me, never breaking eye contact. The one with the eye patch fell over, but wasn't the time to laugh. It was funny, though. I lifted the vial towards the night, and they all looked to the heavens. I pulled it back to my chest, and they shuffled ever closer. There was a screw top to the vial, so I worked it loose, and a gas escaped. It smelt like half a tomato and half an onion on top of a margarine packet. The shufflers froze. Tears breached their eyes and I heard it again. Run! It sounded like the voice escaped from the vial. I looked inside. All that remained was a residue that smelt like cinnamon. The shufflers' moods changed. Mood is the wrong word. Uh, their objective, maybe. They were now looking into my eyes and I felt very seen. Who are you? We're proud employees. The manager spoke for them all. What was in the vial? The past. Okay. Well, I did not expect that. That is pretty spooky stuff, actually. Uh, and you and you want the past? No. Our future is here, and we're better off now. Hmm. I didn't feel genuine. What? Why did you want the vial? We didn't. This is home. We have everything we need, and we are very happy thanks to Billy Biggles. The lumberjack who oversees the valley. 
that's just promo material, right? The broad-shouldered, deep-voiced man who <gasps> appears in silhouette. A new voice entered the scene. They definitely wanted the vial. It was the caddy. They'd been watching the whole thing from the ride kiosk. They smiled at me and held up my car key. Sup. A shuffler reached me, grabbed my arm, and I was scratched to my neck, drawing blood. Bong. A bell rang. The shufflers stopped. The caddy smiled at me. I stopped them. I saved you. He pointed to a speaker on the kiosk. Is, is, that, is that true when you're responsible in the first place? Before the caddy could tell me how much I rely on them, Pongween smashed through them, crashing into the kiosk. Her head fell off in the struggle, and as the caddy fell back unconscious, she turned to me and I knew... It was the lucky plucker who kept trying to warn me. Let's run! They rummaged in the caddy's pocket, threw me my car key and we started running. Let me tell you this, their pace was incredible, even in the costume. Why are you helping me? Well, we'd never escape alone. What's your name? Quinn. Wait, you're a woman? Gender not the issue right now. <laughs> well, all the lo other lucky pluckers are male. Everyone who works here, all the anim animatronics too, so it is an issue. I know. I noticed as soon as I arrived today. Unreturnable from Quinn. Also, she's barely broken sweat. It's such good running. Where are the other lucky pluckers? In final prep. We need to save them. We were already at the entrance foyer. foyer. I looked back and there were shufflers everywhere. The only way we can save them is to get out and tell the truth of what this place is. What is this place, though? The Padre stepped into our path. Valley of Timber is paradise. Beyond emotion, a chance to be free. Moose Joe stepped in, followed by Billy Biggles. Quinn wasn't scared. She stared them down and screamed. Yeah. They backed away, then grabbed a chair and swung it. I thought that bit was less scary than the scream. She was nowhere near them when she swung the chair. It was, it, it, it was overkill. They disagreed, though. They backed further away, and we ran past them. Quinn used a key card that she miraculously had on her. That felt too easy, like it wasn't even foreshadowed. Like, at no point did anyone suggest there was a key card. Even that the park had such a security system still, I was grateful for the exit. We climbed into my car, a Citroen C4 Cactus. The only thing spiky about it is my clutch control, am I right? Now, Quinn told me that when they realised she wasn't male, they didn't know what to do with her. They thought the machine wouldn't work, that the execs wouldn't accept it. But what is the machine? Come on, seriously, you must have figured it out by now. Why Quinn always got to be 20 steps ahead of me? I shook my head. It removes souls. Ah! I spent the next 10 seconds just popping together all the pieces from the mystery. Yep, it all made sense and there was almost no loose ends to worry about. What about the guy who kept buying ride photos of other people? That was just a weird guy. <laughs> I lost control of the car, the wheel started turning and it slowly pulled off to the left where a hidden gate opened. We came to a halt and the doors opened. Someone leant in and unbuckled my belt. Make your way to exit please, ride photo 685, enjoy the memories. I staggered to my feet, gathered my things and looked round. Quinn was gone. What? Did I imagine her? I walked to the ride photos and accessed my memories portfolio. Dozens of photos from my day, and it was a bloody good collection, actually. My lid looked fresh. In all of the last ten photos, I looked absolutely terrified. But there was Quinn, staring at me like I was an idiot. Who's the person in my photos? I asked the cashier. Cashier? That's Quinn. She's one of the stooges for where snakes fear to slide. <laughs> wow, what a ride. How was that possible? It felt so real. 
We put our souls into every performance. Well, it doesn't answer the tech side that I was interested in, but thank you. You were courageous. You're definitely one of the best people to have braved the ride since reopening. That felt good. I thought to myself, yeah, I thought I'd done a good job. It's a shame you're leaving as it felt like that was the real you out there. <laughs> yeah, that was the real me. I needed that. Why don't you meet with the execs, discuss staying here long term, get a job here. Surely no one else would have you. It hurt, but he was right. It would have been a tough few months and... Well, it had been stressful, but that's what life is, right? I'll accept that. You'll be looked after here. You'll be valuable for once. Great point. I scratched my neck trying to make up my mind. It was wet. The shufflers. They drew blood. That can't be legal. Are you okay? I saw you scratch your neck and draw blood as you got off the ride. <laughs> they saw my doubt. I thought, if they're hurting themselves, then that's a troubled person. You're probably stressed. Blood sugar is low? They reached beneath the counter and pulled out a cold bottle of Coca-Cola Classique. I didn't need to be told once. I drank it immediately. <sighs> right, give me my photos on a set of keyrings and tote bags and another bottle of the cola, please. I've got a meeting with the execs to prepare for. I winked. Finally, I felt good. Then a guy leant over. I'll take one of those too, please. <laughs> Classique stuff. We all laughed. So, yeah. Of course, the new normal is going to take some time to get used to, but it's remarkable how quickly you can settle in after a pandemic. So what I'll say is stay alert, control the disease, and do check out the amazing rides and hospitality at www.valleyoftimber.com. It was lovely. Right, a couple of cues from E. Mm. How much did that set you back? Um, well, actually, it's very reasonably priced, Valley of Timber. Mm -hmm. So it's £29 for access to the park, and then for the, uh, for the memories mm -hmm. um, access, that's just £70. Very straightforward, and you get everything that you need there. Coca-Cola Classique, you're looking at seven, seven, eight. Dollars. Right. You have to buy that in paying dollars. Got to be in dollars, yeah. American company. Yeah, that makes sense. 29, 29 quids, yeah. That's all right. Family family pass, if you want, is um, 300. How many is in your family? That's two two adults, two, two children. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's a, that's a tax, isn't it? On if you're, if you're stupid enough to start a family, then you've got to pay your money, haven't you? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you pay less if you're, if you're single and you're, you're sporting a sweet, sweet V. V there short for the sector. <laughs> I, um, I noticed that nothing scary actually happened. What are you, talk what are you talking about? The beak? Yeah, that the was... Beak. The beak was moving towards me. The caddy gaslit me. Oh, it's all part of the ride, though. Yeah, but I didn't know that at the time. It felt real. Your story is, I went on a ride. Yeah, scary ride. What is life, if not but a ride? It was a scary ride. Kath, you... No... Kath, you, yeah. Kath, you. Yeah, yeah. Is that your name? Uh, say again, Ed. No ghosts. Well, there might have been ghosts. I mean, there were souls in vials. I mean, what else do you need? That, that's a ghost in a way, isn't it? A scary ghost, and that was part of the ride. So in, in the ride, the vial full of souls was real. 
within the ride. Within the ride, yeah, within the constraints of the ride. I don't think that the whole... Uh, the ride, It was a ride, definitely. I work for Valley of Timber now, and it is a ride, and it's not a real thing. We're not stealing souls, if that's what you're attempting to imply. Yeah, it was. Um, congratulations on your job during a pandemic. Thank you, man. That's huge news. That's big, isn't it? It's tough to get any kind of work around here, so... Yeah. Just well well done. Thank you. It's not paid a huge amount, but you don't do it for that, do you? When you work at a theme park, you're doing it for the love. Big time. And it's nice to know that there's more than one theme park. Because the only one I know of, there's Blobbyland. Yep. And now this one. That's two now, yeah. Yeah. You've been to Oakwood? Furnitureland. Yeah. I've never been. I've seen the adverts, but... It's a pandemic. You can go on, like, the recliners and things like that, and that feels like a theme park. Great. So if you move two recliners really close to each other... Yeah, yeah, yeah. ...and then you press the button for a speed recline, but you put your legs in front of it, it might then just mm. smash out and break your shins. <laughs> wow. Or you might just have your shins just far enough back that it's scary, but it doesn't quite connect. Yeah. <laughs> it's a fun game, actually. So, yeah, I recommend it. I recommend that. And the prices there feel like... It feels like someone's taking you for a ride. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> three nine nine for a three piece suite. What is this? This is thrilling. Get a photo of this. I'll buy it. Also, three piece suite made exclusively out of oak. Horrible. <laughs> yeah, very uncomfortable. <laughs> Absolute pain to sit on. Did you used to work there, or are you? Is this your first theme park job? No, no. no my, my, my dad did, so um, you know, I'd, I'd spend spend the weekends in there just dashing about. I used to. Do that. My dad. My dad used to work at Bulls Tools and Light Fittings in. Uh, Nutsford. Oh, that's a shame <laughs> you just had to make up a shop there just to join in. Uh, Google it. When you say Google, do you mean the guy running around the library? Bulls, tools, Ball, and what? Bull, bull. <laughs> <laughs> Bulls, tools, and light tools and, and butt, <coughs> buttholes <laughs> in <laughs> Nutsford Services. Bulls. Bulls, tools, and buttholes. <laughs> <laughs> Who's going there for all three? <laughs> Bulls, bulls. Make separate trips. Bulls, tools. <laughs> bulls, tools and light fittings. The more I say it, the more I don't believe myself about my own past. <laughs> bulls, tools and light fittings in Nutsford. Can't be true. It doesn't sound it, does it? I don't believe me. No. The spookiest thing about this is why you're lying about it. Caffey's <laughs> not doing any of this. Say it one more time, see if it makes more sense than... Yeah, balls, tools, and lights, then. Like, oh, pipe. Balls, tool. I've got a dad. <laughs> what? That bit's true. Why are you boasting now? It's just the only thing that I'm moderately certain on. What a weird thing to suddenly boast about, <laughs> just out of nowhere. You're just having a conversation with someone, and then halfway through, uh, I've got a dad. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what's when's when's the saddest you've ever felt in a job? Someone <laughs> genuinely in Argos after Christmas, post Christmas, bringing in a Christmas tree just in a bin bag, saying that they bought it from from us like this and that they wanted a refund, and me having to argue back that we didn't sell it in a bin bag. I, I, I promise we didn't sell it in a bin bag. <laughs> and then them demanding the manager, and then the manager going, yeah, no, we didn't sell that in a bin bag. The only way you can get a refund if it's broken. And then they were like, well, it's broke then. <laughs> that was a really sad day. <laughs> it's a sentence you don't... It's not in the handbook, is it? Like, at some point you may have to say the phrase, we didn't sell it in a bin bag. <laughs> no. So you don't know how to prepare for that. <laughs> no. I had no idea. I was just... Hey, man, we did not sell you this in a bin bag. Yeah, I think you yeah. did right. You did, like, 
for improv, that's really great. Straight off the bat. Yeah. Thank you. You know how to respond yeah. to that. Because you didn't know. Maybe maybe they were sold in the bin back. Imagine being that person who's like, you did. Yeah. I thought it was weird at the time. Hmm. And then they get the manager over and you look like an idiot. Yeah. That's our bin bag Christmas tree. Yeah, they're all broken this year. <laughs> yeah, full <laughs> refund. It is a full <laughs> refund. I'm so sorry. You're fired, <laughs> Kath. Like a broken biscuit sort of thing. You buy it like... <laughs> yeah. It's <laughs> just in a bin bag. It's broken. <laughs> Do what you like with it. <laughs> <laughs> I think the uh, saddest thing that happened to me in the job was I worked at Waterstones for a Christmas and um, they just kept on making me re-sort of stack and arrange the erotic literature section. They kept they kept making you? They kept making what, me. Under what? Why did you keep doing it wrong? Yeah. Erotic literature people. Very messy. How do you mean messy? What sort of, what are we talking about? What sort of detritus? <laughs> books on the floor, books on top of other books... Not in alphabetical order, putting books back in the wrong place because they had a little scan of it. Weird goo. Nip home for a wank. <laughs> Say again. Weird goo appearing randomly. <laughs> Spectral. <laughs> <laughs> spooky goes on, spooky. Do you, uh, do you reckon ectoplasm. it's because people have discreetly tried to read something and then panicked and put it back because they think someone's seen them? Mm, yes. So everyone just sort of is obviously just trying to slyly read the books. It's a mixture of that. A mixture of um, people getting so aroused by the literature that they just have to rush home to bash one and and the spunk. It's a mixture of those three things. God. Do you think anyone was like reading it had developed a situation where there was a protrudence from a different area and then they spotted someone else walk in and they turned quickly and that, that extra protuberance knocked over <laughs> sort of like a comical... A pyramid of books, <laughs> and they're scrabbling around trying to fix it. And in the end, they just scurry out and exit, just too embarrassed. <laughs> God, I love erotica. What a sad scene in a Waterstone. <laughs> I think for me, I worked in a cinema, and um, I I served someone, and I just got a really sad vibe from them. You know when you. Sometimes you see someone, you're like, oh no, there's something. Mm. Yeah. There's something there. Some people would be like, oh, that's because there's a ghost haunting them. I was like, no, it feels like feel like they're sad and lonely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I had to serve them. Everything felt sad and morose, and I had to then follow them into the cinema to see whether or not they were there with other people. Oh God, my heart. Or whether they were just by themselves. Oh, when you say had to, you don't mean like your supervisor was like. Stuart, can you go in and make sure that they're with other people? Can you check how sad they are? <laughs> now, I go to the cinema by myself all the time, so that wouldn't even be a good indicator of whether they were sad, but they they had a family. And in a way, maybe that's sadder. If they're sad with a family, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, I don't even know. I thought I'd put that to bed. I thought I'd solved that case years ago. No way. Imagine seeing somebody that sad and they go in and they're just sort of... It's for their birthday and they've surrounded the, by the whole cinema's filled with their friends. That'd be way worse. Oh. be way worse okay well, can we do a shout out for that person if they can get in yeah. touch yeah of course yeah um, we'll do it at the end where we've got all the shout outs yep cool thank yeah. you yeah, yeah. <laughs> so obviously there seems to be some sort of panic going on mm. with all of the distancing and in, in, in your story yes is there, is there some sort of pandemic vibe yes um, there's just a uh, there was a disease that was going around Spooktown. I don't know if you remember that. I'm I'm a bit of a night owl, so I don't really bump into people. Um, 
Oh, okay. So yeah, um, during daylight hours, there was a bit of a disease going around, Shucks. which um, would disappear when the night arrived. Which is why I said that was going to lead onto my my question of a lot of I think you call it social distancing, a lot of sort of hand sanitizing, a lot of um, yes. you were you were coughing, and that seemed like a luxury to you at the time. But then mm. after a bit, everyone just seemed to be fine, getting close and 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 touching you and playing mini golf very close. What? Why is that? Is well, it because yeah. of the nighttime thing? Well, partly the nighttime thing. Partly they were they were animatronics. They had no souls, and so they couldn't pass disease. I don't know if you know much about disease vectors and all of that, but the disease will latch or uh, bind with the soul. With the soul, yeah. And that's how you get sick. I studied science at GCSE. I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I understand biology. Well, it's weird then that you asked me that question because I don't want to be the aggravator, but it sounded like you didn't understand how disease spreads. I wanted to make sure that you knew how disease spread. Oh, right, so I didn't realise this podcast was a test. Well, now you do. Thank you very much for letting me know. You're passing with flying colours, mate. Oh, thank you very much. Thank you very much. Talking about these rides, why don't the snakes ride? Mm. Why don't the snakes go like that? Sorry, what was the question? I'm not sure. Where? Why do the snakes fear to slide, is what you're saying? Yeah. Um. Well, OK, so the when you're at the theme park, you are having... You're going on rides, but... The entrance to the park is the entrance to a larger ride where where snakes fear to slide. And you don't know that at the time that you're getting on that ride. And the reason why it's called where snakes fear to slide is because at the entrance there's just um, like a very thin coating of of marmalade. Uh, That's cleared that up. And snakes hate that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We all did double science, mate. Did I not mention the, the marmalade at the time? No, no, no. I don't think so. Oh. That's what that's for. Okay. That's crucial. Okay. Well, that that should sort of. So the bits with the shred, like the bits of orange in it. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Marmalade. They don't like it because they think they're mini baby snakes. <laughs> Why are they frightened of babies? Well, no, they're fr- they're frightened because they've had they've had a vasectomy and they don't they're, they're like, well, how's this happened? Oh God! Right. Okay. So then they're like, Christ, avoid that slide. <laughs> <laughs> that's what happens to me whenever I see a baby. I immediately think I haven't had sex in ages. How's this happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's what's happening with the snakes as well. How's this happened? And then they're like, can you stop looking at my baby? And it's like, oh, it's your baby. Oh, oh God, thank God. Yeah, oh, a relief. Hang on. Who's the other parent? <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's not my name. <laughs> and then you walk off. <laughs> Every time you see a baby. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God, no. Oh, it's yours. Oh, thank God. Did you see? Yeah, no. It's... Oh, what a relief. Wait. Wait. Oh, you're the husband. That's fine. That's fine. Thank you so much. I'd love a massive conflab because I'm I'm twisted on this. Here's my issue with it. I believe it. I believe you, Stuart. Yeah. But I don't... There's nothing... Nothing spooky happened. There's no ghosts. Why is it? Why are you so obsessed with ghosts? I like ghosts. You like ghosts? Yeah. Oh, well, then fair enough. Um, I should have put a ghost in it. I'm sorry. It's not, it's not your fault. I didn't tell you. Oh. If I could give a note? Mm-hmm. Sure. Just let me know. Yeah. When I'm back on for, for episode two... Yeah. Um, episode two of my 
I assume I'm on every episode. I, I Stuart, I genuinely hope so. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll pop a ghost in. Okay, great. I'm not above it. Just because I don't believe in them doesn't mean I'm not going to put it in. Like, you know, there's lions mm. in some stories that I write. <laughs> <laughs> you don't believe in lions. Why are you asking it like that? You answer my question and I'll answer your question. Have you... What? A giant cat that's got a big ruff of hair around its head. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, sure, I believe in it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, a cat ri- drawn by a child is real. <laughs> okay, should we have a conflab? Yeah. Have by the Coca-Cola classic machine. Yeah, yeah, okay. Excuse us a minute. What are you thinking? It's just a ride. Good one, but yeah. A good ride. Maybe like, imagine if, imagine if somebody's like, I've got a ghost story. I went to the cinema and I saw the film Poltergeist. But like, right, what happens? Like, oh, it was scary. That's not. That's somebody else's ghost story. Yeah. And it's not real. He's literally just described the ride, isn't he? Yeah. So what's that plagiarism? <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah. Hmm. For me, it's it's a begrudging but solid. Are you out of your fucking mind? Yeah. I think that's really fair and really kind of you. I think it's just it's a ride. It's a ride. It's a really good ride. And he's just described it. He stood in a in a car park and described it to us. Yeah. No, this can't go into Spook Town Law. Should we go tell him? Uh. Stuart, your story is fucking shit. Get out of my sight. <laughs> oh. You're fired. I'm not even the manager. You're fired. Oh. No, of course. I'm joking, but there was nothing unbelievable about it. You just told us about you going on a ride. I got a knife. So, am I in Spooktown or not? It's a nice knife. Is that a real knife? Yeah, it's one from Scream. <laughs> it is a good knife, that. Why, is it, why are you only bringing it out now? I'd forgotten that I'd put it in here. <laughs> <laughs> and then I realised I needed to threaten you to get into Spook Town. Uh, you can't you can't threaten us. Well, maybe you can, well, you can and you are, but I'm unthreatened. Your, your story wasn't real. Do you, know, do you understand? It was real. It was 100% real. It's real, and I work at Valley of Timber, so let me, I, let me, let me go. I believe, that, I believe that you work at the Valley of Timber, but you just told us a story about going on a ride. It's not a ghost story. So if I if I was like, oh, I went, you won't believe this. I went, um, I went to this, Mr. I went to Blobbyland, and I went on the ride, and Blobby was there. And then I got off the ride, and it, it wasn't the Blobby. It was a man in a Blobby suit, which, which is what, <laughs> which is what Blobby is. <laughs> I just, I've just remembered. You've just unravelled Blobbyland. <laughs> <laughs> You've already, you've already let me in. Uh, I have already let you in, but I'm l- letting you out. Yeah, we've let you in to have a <laughs> have a chat about about what's happened here, but but um, we can get rid. We can get you out. We are the um, have a little nose around. Den- Denison, yeah. Denison, Den- Yeah, you're the Denimon. Denimon, yes. And this is a Denouement. Denouement. You're out. Tra. All right. 
I didn't want to be in it anyway. Go fuck yourselves. See you later, everyone. <laughs> I genuinely hurt about how unbothered you seemed then. All right. <laughs> You're out, Stuart. Okay. Okay. See you later. <laughs> See you at Bulls, Tools and Light Pins. <laughs> That was lovely, that. That was really nice. Mm. Nice to get out of the house as well. Yeah, no, it's always nice. So uh, what's next? Oh, uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson says one of his weights is haunted and it makes it heavier, so we have to go meet him at the Weatherspoons in town so he can tell us about it. Oh, great, OK. Could be something, could be nothing. Safe to check, isn't it? Knowing Dwayne, it's probably nothing. This has been a Little Wonder production. Music from Rodri Vine. Logo artwork from Suze Hughes. Voice by Melanie Walters. With special thanks to Beth Forrest, Steve Pickup, Sam Roberts, Henry Widdicombe and Joe Williams. Other podcasts from Little Wonder include Here to Judge and I Wish I Was an Only Child. Subscribe now on iTunes, Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>